We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. As always, we are sponsored by Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for who? You. I wear my Oakleys every day now. I literally find reasons to leave the house so I can put on my Houston's HSTN. You go to Oakley.com and search that. You can pull them up. They're really cool modern take on a classic style of sunglasses i love them to death and they make me look good which is really really hard to do that's right oakley is changing not only my face but they're changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities do you run golf train maybe all three or do you just want to look dope as hell in some sunglasses maybe you want to look like debo samuel that's an oakley athlete then you need to get yourself a pair of oakley sunglasses today Maybe you don't want to go zany style. I love the zany styles. Maybe you want to go more classic. That's the whole book I shout about on every single one of these reads because I love them to death. And I think you would too. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. If you don't know what that is by now, you're messing up. It is proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. If you want to know more than that, and I know you do, head on over to oakley.com and do your own damn research. It's one of our favorite things on this pod. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses so to be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me, try for yourself. Well, trust me, but also try for yourself. I've worn a lot of glass, sunglass brands in my life, and I'm going to show you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. So Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated in his Monday morning quarterback column wrote an interesting thing on, on Brock Purdy. And then there was a couple of lines in there that, I found questionable about the type of year he's foreseeing for the 49ers. And we're going to just kind of hash out what that means and have a larger kind of team building conversation about the 49ers. So let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. I've been reading a lot lately. Good for you, man. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things in journalism school that they tell you is you're going to read more than you've ever read in your life. And that's definitely true. 
but I've also been trying to fulfill my time more and we'll get to the 49ers stuff, but I was at Barnes and Noble the other day and I just bought a couple of books. They were buy one, get one 50% off. And I've just, I'm like three quarters of the way through the first one right now. And I'm having a great time becoming a person that sits at the coffee shop and reads. Are you that guy? You go to a coffee shop and just read? Yeah, I write too. Okay. But when I'm done writing, I don't just pack up my stuff and leave. I pull out my book and I sit there and read. Because if I come home, I'm going to do is like turn on the TV. I'm going to eat snacks. I'm going to go through my phone. When I sit there and read and just get lost in a book. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, there are a lot of times, particularly like when I'm not covering something on site that instead of sitting at home and trying to write and being distracted by everything that's home, I got to get out and like go to a mm-hmm. coffee shop and be a hipster and bring my computer and depending on the weather, maybe drink something iced, maybe yes. a uh, maybe a chai latte with some almond milk. Get a little OG chai. A little OG chai, just, you know, <laughs> almond milk to make sure the stomach stays, of course, stays, uh, you know, do- doesn't become a distraction. And you're uh, very in tune with your digestive system. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> no, I bring up I bring up reading because I was reading Albert Breer in Monday morning in his Monday morning quarterback column. It's one of the ones I check out all the time. And the first thing I do, full disclosure, is I control F 49ers and then just read that part first (laughs) because the Mac Jones bit, interesting, I guess. DeAndre Hopkins, fine. He's not going to the Niners, so I don't really care. But I get to the Brock Purdy part and he writes that Brock Purdy, the 49ers expected starting quarterback. He's doing a throwing program where he's throwing a football at short distances and this velocity, and he's going to start moving back and detailed the program a little bit. But the line that stuck out to me, what I wanted to talk to you about today is this bit. It says, in the meantime, with the offseason program winding down, the coaches will get a few more looks at both Sam Darnold and Trey Lance running Kyle Shanahan's offense in what's shaping up as an all-in type of year for San Francisco's loaded roster one that's been to three NFC title games in a Super Bowl in pursuit of the franchise's sixth championship. And maybe it's a semantics thing, but I don't feel like this is an all-in year for the 49ers in the way that I view all-in. To me, all-in says everything is on the table from a draft pick standpoint, from a player trade standpoint, everything is on the table because they are focused on 2023 alone. And what happens after this is in the wind, figure it out when they get there. I just don't think this is that type of year because I don't think this team operates like that. Okay. So a few things like I think all in, and we talked about this right before we came on, but all in relative to the 49ers versus say like the Rams is Mm -hmm. different discussions, right? Like the Rams were willing to trade all of their draft picks, get a bunch of veterans at key positions um, to fortify their roster and really make a run at a Super Bowl, which they did a couple years ago. I think what all in means for the 49ers now is that when it comes to a number of their, of their best players, their windows at being elite 
and at the top of their relative positions might be closing. Like George Kittle might be on the back nine of the era where he's a top three tight end in the league, right? Like Eric Armstead has two years left on his contract and is going to be 30 in November. Um, With Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk likely getting a new contract after this, after the 2023 season, you're probably looking at a scenario where next offseason the 49ers are going to have to decide if they can afford to keep both of those guys or if they end up trading one of them because they're just not going to be able to pay, you know, 40 or 50 million dollars to two receivers. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, Trent Williams is what, 35? Yeah. And 30 Yeah, 34, 35. And he's he's talked about you know, the idea of retiring, you know, he did, it was, it was brought up um, after, after last season concluded. And so, and, and obviously him being at his age, he's definitely in the back nine of his career, still an elite player. But I think when, when it comes to being all in, you know, next year, the year after that, three years from now, the roster has a chance to look substantially different. Mm-hmm. And for a team that's gone on deep playoff runs in three of the last four years with this core group of players, the 49ers are probably look at, looking at it like there's a decent chance that one or two or three of these core key core guys might not be around or at least playing at an elite level in 2024 or 2025. Yeah. Just another one, just another one, just to, and then you can go back to your point. Kyle Juszczyk turns 33 next offseason as well. <laughs> sure. Um, and so I, I think it, it's all in in the sense that, like, this is a team that's been on the cusp of winning a championship a couple times now that has been among the best teams in the NFL for, you know, obviously, three of the last four years. They've been at least in the final four. Mm-hmm. So... I I think it's fair to qualify it as all in um, based on how the roster looks right now and some upcoming decisions that they're going to have over the next two, three, four years. That's probably going to include, you know, some guys leaving, some guys retiring, um, some guys just not having palatable cap numbers. So, you know, I think when when Breer mentions all in, it's it's twofold. It's Kyle Shanahan being really desperate to try to win a Super Bowl because he's been frustrated mm-hmm. that he hasn't won one yet. And the fact that the roster might look dramatically different in the not too distant future. So that's what I think is kind of interesting about this is if they were going to go. And again, maybe this is a semantic thing for me. Maybe Breer meant a Super Bowl or bust type of year. Which I think is right. Remember the Giannis thing after they after the Bucks got knocked out by the Heat, and he talked about he had that viral clip of him talking about the season's not a failure, despite the fact that they were the best team in basketball and they lost to an eight seed in the first round in five games. It wasn't a failure, but actually, like it is from a team standpoint, it is. And I think that's what this is for the Niners because to me, if they were going to go all in in the way I believe all in it is. excuse me executed they would have traded 
next year's first or next year's second or both to acquire somebody, anybody. Like who though? Like who do you have in mind? Gosh, Christian McCaffrey. It'd be (laughs) in or not Christian McCaffrey. That was I was going to make a separate point. I was going to make a separate point about him. They did do Christian McCaffrey, right? No, but they they so they they go in to acquire Christian McCaffrey last year. But they've also set themselves up to then have all their picks in next year's draft, in part because of what you're saying. So I get the point you're making, and I agree with it. But in the same, on that same token, part of the reason that they need their picks moving forward, and part of the reason that they still, I believe, have kept their picks moving forward, is because this is not a front office that's going to go shove all of its chips in to try and win a title in one year. They know that eventually they're going to have to, in a not too distant future, they're going to have to replace Eric Armstead or George Kittle or Trent Williams or whoever it is. And so I think if they were going to go all in, you would have seen them in the mix for DeAndre Hopkins is the name that I was trying to come up with instead of Christian McCaffrey. Basically the same player. I get him confused all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But I believe an all-in push from this front office would have happened in the offseason already. If that if that makes sense. But on the other hand, what you're saying is this potentially their last chance with this group of players to go win a Super Bowl. That's a definite possibility. Maybe they're all back next year, but there's a chance that they're not. But I also don't think so. If you want to call it a Super Bowl or bust year, like they have to win a title this year, or some questions are going to start getting asked, okay, like I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. Because at some point, the fan base is going to get impatient. Ownership is going to get impatient. Competing and being in the mix every year is great. But if you don't eventually get it over the hump, like changes are going to happen. We've seen that. I don't know. Are you, do you think Kyle Shannon gets fired if they don't win the Super Bowl? No, this year? Not, not this year. No, not this year. Okay. But if they if they lose in the second round this year, I absolutely think that you're going to start seeing that question asked more. Of hey, look at how awesome this roster is, and they couldn't get over the hump for the fourth time in five years. Yeah, I think I think that question would come up. Not something I would advocate for necessarily, but I think you'd start to kind of hear that more. Yeah. So I just I don't believe that this is the year where you're going to see them at the deadline throw their first and second round picks at Minnesota for Daniil Hunter. And that might even have to happen in the offseason, depending. But I just don't see him going and making that move. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I think Kyle Shanahan has, has a pretty long leash. Uh, when it comes to job security and stuff like if the Niner if the Niners fall flat and just like don't make the playoffs mm-hmm. which we can't entirely rule out like it could be you know it happened in 2020 we, weird Niners, things happen in the NFL man yeah weird For things sure. happen in the NFL all the time the Niners went to the Super Bowl and then the next year uh were awful in mm-hmm. 2020 and and obviously a large part of that was injuries um but I don't know like if even even if that happened this year, I would be pretty surprised if Kyle Shanahan, if there was, you know, chatter of Shanahan's seat getting hot, because 
I just think continuity is is probably the most underrated thing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Jed York coming off a stint where he had four coaches in four years, including Kyle Shanahan's first. Mm-hmm. Like the re- a, a key reason why the 49ers were so bad was because they just didn't have any continuity through that spell. No doubt. And it wasn't a surprise that it took three years with one coach to finally like, oh, it's this is what like a winning team looks like. And this is how a winning program sort of operates. But in terms of all in, I mean, I don't know. So is your point like they could that they could have gotten, say, they could have made the Aaron Rodgers push? Or... I don't think they were ever going to go make a make a big push for a quarterback. But the fact that Javon Hargrave was their big free agency move. It was probably the best. I mean, one of, if not the best free yeah, agents available. 100%. 100%. But we just talked about, was it last pod that we talked about their defensive line? And their defensive end group? And the fact that they valued that position so highly and they're putting it on Drake Jackson's shoulders after he was inactive for most of the end of last season. It just, there, there's, and again, maybe Daniil Hunter, the defensive end for the Vikings comes available and they throw a first and a second at the Vikings. They're not going to have to do that, but I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's just not. Maybe they wanted to trade all their picks and there just wasn't a player available. They just seem set. Here's. They just seem as though they're all set with. Okay, this roster is awesome. There's a. They're. They're going to. They're. They're bona fide Super Bowl contenders right now. And they should be going into week one. Then also, they're going to try and thread that needle where they're also going to set themselves up for the future by having all of their picks. They survived the Trey Lance trade, despite the fact that it's been an abject disaster. They got rid of three first-round picks, and they managed to go to the NFC title game twice in the two years since making that trade, which is incredible. So I just think that this is what they've built and they've done this on purpose. I don't think we'll ever see them do necessarily what the Rams did, where they do go try and get Jalen Ramsey, or they do go make a big trade for a quarterback because their quarterback isn't working out. I think they kind of like what they've cultivated, and they think that they're just going to have roster turnover that they're going to be able to Re, or re what am I looking for not re like retool with the draft picks that they have in next year's draft I do think though too part of next year's draft class can be viewed as like having having powder that you're you're not you know like you're not what's the uh the powder keg the bomb thing you have you, you're keeping your 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 powder dry and then you could mm-hmm. I mean, there there's a chance that they they feel like, 
you know, Kyle Shanahan's done this before. He did it last year with McCaffrey. He did it in 2019 with Emmanuel Sanders, where it's like, you know, we feel like we have a Super Bowl type team and we're maybe one key piece away and we go make a trade at the deadline. Um, yeah. So maybe that's what I'm sure that's part of their calculus when it comes to all the draft picks that they still have. Mm hmm next year now that they will have a first and second round pick in what feels like the first time in a while or i guess they had they, they had their second round pick last year with drake jackson but um yeah i i think all in i think the point you're making is a good one in that like all in with how the rams view it and the you know screw them picks thing versus mm-hmm. how the 49ers do it are, are different things and i think in some ways, too, the 49ers are limited in how, quote unquote, all in they can be because they did do the Trey Lance trade. Yeah. Um, and they... it feels like. It feels like they've just kind of built a team the like they've done it right. They acquired Trent Williams for a third and fifth round pick. They draft George Kittle in the fifth round. They draft Fred Warner in the third round. They have cheap quarterbacks. They have Talano Hufanga on a rookie deal. They signed Dre Greenlaw to a crazy cheap deal. They have had Nick Bosa on his rookie contract to this point. It just, it kind of feels, and again, maybe this is me going into semantics and about all in. And like, it's like you said, they kind of did. And if Brock Purdy wasn't any good, then they'd be sitting here with, you know, not picking until number 87 this year and they either missed the playoffs or were a first round out. And then we're kind of looking at this year going, man, they went all in and didn't get there. And now look at them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So maybe they did, maybe they did push all their chips in and they fell backwards into going to a couple NFC title games. I would say they're, they're much closer to like all in than, I mean, being close to all in is not all in. I get that, but like they're they're more on the aggressive <laughs> side, yeah, than like slow playing a a rebuild. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, no doubt. Right? I mean, they no just doubt. a kicker in the third round because they feel like that their roster's you know good enough, and they didn't need any other any position players at that point. They just wanted to get the kicker who they thought was the best one in the draft. Speaking of that, <laughs> it's time for our Oakley spotlight. Great. Visit Oakley.com today. Get yourself a pair of awesome sunglasses. And Chris, today the Oakley spotlight is on you. And kicker Jake Moody. Because from what I understand, you have a make couple to make. Yeah, you know, I saw and heard reports that, that Jake Moody was awesome at minicamp today. He was the first kicker on the field in special teams drills. There Run was no the Zane Gonzalez reps today. It was all Jake Moody. So look, I know you and I have been critical of the Jake Moody selection and talking about the risk associated with taking a kicker in the third round. But after hearing that Jake Moody nailed a long field goal and was really good on the practice field at minicamp on Wednesday, I'm here to apologize. Best third wow. round pick. Maybe in in the last decade in the NFL, Jake Moody, seen all I've need to see, completely changed my opinion. He was great on the practice field on Wednesday. It was big of you. 
This is uh, there's just a big play to crow right here, and I am just chowing down on it, baby. Just just enjoying it. I'm Ezekiel Elling, Ezekiel Elliotting, Elliotting. This uh, I'm 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 you know feed me the crow. I'm yeah. doing that right now. So here to apologize to Jake Moody and all of Jake Moody's fans who have been upset with me because he was amazing, reportedly. At mini camp on Wednesday, raised his arms in triumph after drilling a sixty-yarder. <laughs> and per sources, this is just whispers. I haven't is unconfirmed that uh, he went double birds, and they went. <laughs> everybody went. Who are the double birds? And he said, Biederman. Yeah, is that's unconfirmed rumor. <laughs> Shout out to Jake Moody, kicker one as of Wednesday, June seventh. You're yeah. our Oakley spotlight today. Okay. He had a, it was, you know, second kicker on the field Tuesday, but definitely not on Wednesday. Battled back. <laughs> Battled back. <laughs> Must have showed a lot of moxie behind That's the scenes. That's the kind of adversity you want You want to see your kicker overcome. Yeah. Death taxes and, and Jake Moody, baby. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Anyway, no, I think I think overall, I think kind of the point that this that this conversation goes back to having nothing to do with Jake Moody is that the 49ers have just they've done the team building thing the right way, despite a bunch of whiffs. Like there are so many moves we were talking about this earlier today. You had the D Ford trade, which is a mess. The DeForest Buckner trade did not go great. I don't think the D Ford trade was a mess. They're still paying him eight point seven million dollars. <laughs> yeah, but like when when D Ford played in twenty nineteen, it was like he, if you he didn't told play a if lot. you told the 49ers, if you told the 49ers in the 2019 offseason, you're gonna get 13 games total out of D Ford or whatever it wound up being. But you're going to go to the Super Bowl and lose. Do you think they're still paying him? I need to 
check the tape on this. It was a mess, dude. I a mess is strong. I think he played. Two, did he play two? He, I've, over under nineteen and a half games is what I'm setting it at. He played eighteen games. He had nine and a half sacks. I just think in 2019, when he was on the field, and I know he only played 20% of the snaps, but he was so impactful for them that I think it kind of made it worth it. And I know they're still paying him, but I don't think it was a mess. I honestly don't. It hasn't worked out since then, but it was a second-round pick. It wasn't like they gave up, like, two seconds. They paid him $85 million over five years. The issue, no, the thing that was a mess was restructuring his contract. That was the mess. And they had to do that because he wasn't playing and they paid him so much money. (laughs) Yeah, well, they should have, they probably should have figured out a way to just cut him after 2020 rather than restructuring him and trying to make it work beyond that. That was, I think, the mistake. I tend to agree. But anyways, so the D Ford thing was hit or miss. The DeForest Buckner trade was was rough. The Trey Lance trade has not worked out. Like, there's just all these things that you could point to. The Jarek McKinnon contract didn't go well, although that wasn't an exorbitant amount of money, but still. There are these things you could point to that say, hey, this should have gone spectacularly wrong, and yet they're where they are. Where we're talking about an all-in type of year where they're still going to have a lot of key pieces on their roster next year, and they're going to have a full war chest of picks going to next year's draft. Like they're just, I think in a really, really good spot. The more I, the more I kind of talk about this. Yeah. They're like a... they've just kind of done team building the, the right way. If there is a right way to do it. Last four years, 13 and three, six and 10, when they lost basically all their good players to injuries. 10 and 7 went to the NFC Championship game. Uh, and 13 and 4 were the number two seed and went to the NFC Championship game and lost largely because they did not have a quarterback who was capable of throwing the ball beyond the line of scrimmage. Right. So, yeah, I mean, just, the, I mean, the most confounding thing about them is, is, you know, and the Niners led the league in point differential last year. The Niners have had a better point differential, albeit, in 17 games compared to 16, but that they, they had a plus 173 point differential last year to lead the NFL. They were plus 169 in 16 games in 2019. Niners were like, I don't know. You can make a case that they were just, I mean, they were obviously dominant at times, particularly later, later on in the season. But just the most confounding thing is that I, I can just never remember a team in any era that's been this good that contends this consistently and we're still not even sure if they have a franchise quarterback it is kind of nuts it's like they've had more success than the packers had with aaron Rodgers over the last four years and the packers had a hall of fame quarterback right (laughs) right playing it is playing at an mvp level Right, like they had more success than even like the Steelers did towards the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, mm-hmm. or like you the know Cowboys you, ever did under with Tony Romo. Yeah, you can go through teams at, who've had like elite, quote unquote, elite quarterbacks, and go through four year stretches, and 
you know, maybe there are a couple teams that have won Super Bowls or a couple over a, a certain four year stretch, but like, you know, like the Niners have just been one of the best four teams in the NFL in three of the last four years without a franchise quarterback. It's just a wild thing to think about. It feels impossible. Like in 2019, it was all, it was all the defense, the defense, but they were the second highest scoring team in the league. They scored almost 30 points a game that year. And then in 2021, it was the same thing where they got, I don't even want to say they got hot at the right time. They just played really good football down the stretch when you need to start playing really good football. And honestly, they've done that every year under Kyle Shanahan. Even in 2017 and in 2018 and kind of lost years, at the end of those seasons, they were playing good football. And they were still trying and playing hard. And I think that's just such a underrated aspect of all this. It's such a like individual focus on the quarterbacks. Because if you do have Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be in the Super Bowl or in the Super Bowl conversation every year, regardless of what your roster looks like. I think, Joe Burrow might be headed into that conversation. Jalen Hurts might be headed into that conversation. But the fact of the matter is, is there's four guys in the league right now that are at that at that level. I, I'm gonna just I'm gonna say four. And the 49ers have figured out a way to to hack the system where they can get into that conversation by just having a really good football team and adequate quarterback play. I think this and, year is going to be a really interesting test case for sustainability. Yes. Yeah. That's where I was going. Right. Continue. Because like we know having elite quarterback play is generally thought of as the most sustainable avenue towards contending year after year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But so often it's the teams that don't have the quarterback play that that end up falling off and they can go on runs. But, you know, you end up not being consistent. The 49ers have been consistent and Jimmy Garoppolo has been, you know, fine. Like, obviously not the the injuries were an issue. and, And Kyle Shanahan certainly felt like, you know, the injuries weren't the only issue and that they could upgrade the quarterback situation, particularly at Jimmy Garoppolo's number at 25 to 28 million mm-hmm. while he was on that contract. But it this, this season, I think like if in a normal year, if the NFC were like really good, I would, I would be a little concerned about the 49ers maybe like coming back to earth and not being as potentially dominant as, as we think they're going to be like, I think the 49ers have one of the four or five best rosters in the NFL, like unquestionably, right? Like, and you yes. can, you can pick nits and find depth issues maybe along the offensive line or maybe the secondary or whatever. But I think overall, probably 26 to 27 teams would love to have the 49ers problems. But the issue would be obviously is, you know, can they get good enough quarterback play to win a championship? without 
you know, going into a season where they're viewed as a contender without having a guy that you're like, yes, this guy is going to get them to a Super Bowl. Or had like we know, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. Um, I know Brady retired, but you know, go going down the list of quarterbacks where you're like, I think that guy is good enough to win a Super Bowl. You know, we saw glimpses of it with Brock Purdy, but for me, I need to see a hell of a lot more to be like, yes, Brock Purdy can go win you a Super Bowl. You can be down by by four with four minutes remaining against the Chiefs and go win that football game with Brock Purdy as your quarterback. Like that's kind of how you have to view a quarterback if you're trying to be a contending team and, and win a Super Bowl. Like, can he go make a play and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field? and go, you know, throw a touchdown pass when you need it most with the season on the line. That's just how you mm-hmm. sort of have to view a quarterback. And I just don't, you know, I think that's obviously the biggest question. But at the same time, the 49ers have gotten to that point three of the last four years. So it's just, they're just a confounding team, man. They're just a they're confounding so team. For as good as but Kyle Shanahan is, it's just the quarterback stuff will always be, will always be confounding that's the thing is so i said it's so odd but i'm not really sure that it is because we're just so conditioned now to say it's a passing league it's a quarterback dominated league and it is but if you had a draft and you told all the gms that they can either pick a quarterback or any player or the 49ers roster sans a quarterback. I think there it's like Patrick Mahomes goes first. And then I think the 49ers go second. <laughs> that's interesting. Like, does that, it, I don't, that that's one of those things that I feel like makes sense in my head, but I no, don't know it, if it, it totally makes, sense. makes sense. I mean, it makes when sense. I say it in words. It makes sense because the Niners are good at all the premium positions. Right. And that's what I'm saying. So that's the point I'm trying to get across is, is quarterback has just become such a central focus of the way we talk about football that it's so hard to wrap our brains around. Oh, the 49ers are good as hell at every position you want to be good as hell at pass rusher, all pro caliber guy, left tackle, all pro caliber guy. They're middle linebackers, the prototypical a plus modern off ball linebacker. And the guy that plays next to him is would be the best starting linebacker on like half the teams in the league. And they have an all pro safety and they have a really good press corner in Traverius Ward. And they have the best playmaking wide receiver and the best playmaking running back. And they just like, you start to stack all these things up. And it's like, fucking, of course they're always in the playoffs and always making deep playoff runs. <laughs> like, of course they are. Because if you remove yourself from the quarterback, 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 quarterback style of analysis that the NFL has, has come to, and you just zoom out, it's like, yeah, the 49ers are just good, man. I know that to win a Super Bowl, Sometimes you'll need a quarterback to just make an individually brilliant play. I get that. I'm with that. I'm not trying to discount the importance of a quarterback. But at the same time, there are 70 other plays in a game. 
where having a really good defense and a really good supporting cast is also really important. For and sure. I just think unless you have unless you have Patrick Mahomes, I think he is the lone player who's going to just have the Chiefs in contention every year, no matter what. The Chiefs can have a B minus roster, but they're going to be around because of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah, I w- I would agree with all that. Like it's you talk about like you know the drafting the 49ers roster versus other just like players. You go Patrick Mahomes. I'd probably go Josh Allen second, but also like or maybe even Joe Burrow. But <laughs> the Niners have potential like Hall of Famers at like left tackle and defensive end. Yeah, man. Like those two alone. Forget the rest of the roster. You can have a quarterback or you can have Trent Williams and Nick Bosa. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, by the way, Trent Williams pro football focus grade over the last three years since he arrived at the 49ers? It's the highest in the league, isn't it? It's 99.5. It's like electric blue. It is as blue as that that website goes. <laughs> I don't know if you go higher. It's full than indigo. <laughs> yeah. No, he's yeah, a Hall of Famer. I think Trent Williams is a Hall of Famer. I think Nick Bosa has has the ability to be a Hall of Famer. I think George Kittle probably needs, given the era that he's in, like he's not going to get to the Hall of Fame as like being you know a complete tight end. I think he's got to put up some numbers. Yeah, but like if he has a couple more thousand yard seasons, which he could, he definitely could. I don't see. I think his thousand yard season years are behind him. Maybe. But if he goes, if he goes six fifty to to eight hundred yards and eight to ten touchdowns in the next, you know, four years. And then starts to tail off a little bit after that and wins a title in there. I think he gets in the conversation. I guess he won a Super Bowl, though. He turns 30 in October. Yeah, he does, which really shook me. That's wild. God, man, I forgot George had 11 touchdown catches last year. He's so this is why that, and now we're just going completely off the rails, but whatever. I like talking about football. <laughs> so <laughs> I've, I think I've said this on the pod before, but. Remember how he used to not be very good in the red zone? It's just not a great contested catch guy. Through his first four seasons, he had seven red zone touchdowns total. Yeah. He has nine red zone touchdowns in the last two years, including five last year, which I think is just new ways to get him in the end zone because he's still a really good player. He could go for a thousand yards in a season if the 49ers were as bad as they were in 2018. But with Debo and Ayuk and McCaffrey, and if Brock Purdy is going to continue to extend plays that like he did, I think you're just going to see a lot of A, George Kittle in the red zone, and B, George Kittle long touchdowns like we saw against, let's see, he had one against Washington and then he had two against against Seattle, where yeah, it's just really hard to cover him for a long time. He's been in the league for seven years. This is George yeah, Kittle's... Sorry, it's six years. This is his seventh year. That's crazy. 
I know there was a pandemic, but like where the last five years have gone is beyond me. It's like in general. You know, like uh, life, just let- like I, I feel, you know, the pandemic's obviously a big part of that. But just like looking back at it, it's like, damn, George Kittle's been on the Niners for six, six years already. And we're going yeah. on seven. I feel old. Kirk Cousins is going into his 12th season. Yeah, be the Niners started lucky 13. Stop. <laughs> you brought I, him up, was- not me. I was doing I was doing some research for a pod that we're going to do I think next week where I was looking at the quarterbacks that the 49ers are playing against next year or or this year. And I was just I knew Kirk Cousins came into the league in 2012. But 12 years is such a long time. So much has happened in my life personally since Kirk Cousins has been in the NFL. It's wild. Yeah. He's a guy that, in my brain, has been in the league for like six years. And I know he hasn't. But that's just how I process his career. Nope, 2012 draft. Crazy. Yeah, her cousin's been around for a while. Um... Sorry. You're good. That one just really hit me the other day. Yeah, yeah. So do you think... Where are the 49ers at? And they're like, if you were to say championship window, where do you think it's closing? Like it's closer to closing or, or remaining open for the next few years? I'm going to say closer to closing because the draft is too much of a crapshoot. Where, okay, you can you can theorize, and this is what they're doing, and this is kind of the point I made at the top of the podcast, that they've set themselves up to restock the cupboard in the post-Kittle, post-Trent Williams, post-Derek Armstead, maybe Debo, in that in that stretch of the next three, four years. They're, they're set up to restock that. But it's those aren't easy players to just go replace. Right. So I'm going to say for now it's closing, but they're going to have to be, I think, malleable here over the next few years because success for the 49ers is going to look a lot different in 2026 than it does in 2023, I think. Yeah, I mean, they've built their team. Like? They, they've built their team on drafting stars in like the not in the later rounds of the draft. Mm hmm. Right. Like they have more stars who were late round picks than, you know, first round picks they've drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's hard to replicate. Right. Like it's hard to say, OK, it, whenever George Kittle stops being one of the best tight ends in the league for them, that they're just going to be able to draft another tight end in the fifth round and right find a, you know, an elite guy there um you know if fred warner's probably going to play for a while and maybe linebacker isn't a great example because they also did it with drake greenlaw in the fifth round but like you know you might not it it's you the safe money is that you won't be able to find one of the best linebackers in the nfl in round three again and with the way receivers are looked at now in the league 
there's you there's always some receivers you can get in rounds two, three, and four who end up being really good players. But like to find a transformative guy like Debo is probably less likely to happen again. And Christian right. McCaffrey isn't going to be around forever. We know Kyle Shanahan's sort of had issues recently beyond McCaffrey when it comes to finding an elite running back. Yeah, but be has reliable. he though? Because because he did find McCaffrey. <laughs> so Right. Yeah, I love <laughs> this idea floating around that, you know, the 49ers deserve credit for what was the take? The take was Kyle the... Shanahan gets criticized for using early picks on running backs, but he used early picks to get right. Christian McCaffrey. So who's the sucker now? Right. Kyle Shanahan has gotten criticized for whiffing on running backs in the draft, but he shouldn't because he traded for McCaffrey. And my point would, my my retort to that would be like, yeah, you know, you can, you can go into credit card debt that doesn't justify spending money. (laughs) Right. They had to go spend extra picks to get Christian McCaffrey because their other two third round pick running backs did not work out. Right. So Kyle Shanahan needing to do that is sort of his, by his own admission saying, yeah, I've, I've kind of whiffed at this. My not um, practicing golf is justified because I hold out from 170 yards. So, I mean, <laughs> right. Exactly. Did I shoot a 140? Yes. But <laughs> um, I forget even the point we were, we were making here. Oh, so just like generally what they've done is probably going to be hard to replicate going forward. And so that's why I view this as probably closing when it comes to the championship window, because it's Mm -hmm. just with the amount of great players that they've found in the draft, particularly the later rounds of the draft and the draft being a crapshoot, like you said, it's just hard to do that continuously. And we're going to just see what, how good Kyle Shanahan is, is at, at adapting because the formula has been mostly the same for them since 2019. It was build a really good defense and get just enough good quarterback play by having a bunch of players who are really good after the catch and really explosive running backs who can hit home runs on, on, on any play. But the chances that they're going to be able to build that very specific type of team over the next two, three, four years is pretty slim. It would be nigh impossible to do. So when the defensive line gets a little worse or the linebacking court gets a little worse, what's the adjustment? That's it, and that's that's where I think the quarterback play thing does kind of come in. Like yeah. how effective are, are is how effective is the quarterback play when they don't have a bunch of yak guys and the defense is middle of the road. Yeah, it's like what the Seahawks went through when it was, you know, they were the Legion of Boom team Mm -hmm. and they had Russell Wilson on a rookie contract and then they lost the Legion of Boom, but then they sort of reinvented themselves because Russell Wilson became an elite quarterback Mm -hmm. while the rest of the roster wasn't very good, but they could still contend because they had Russ. Right. That's 
that's how the 49ers keep this going is they do get a quarterback who becomes the rising tide that lifts all boats because Correct. more than likely the rest of the roster is going to fall off because it's just really hard to maintain a roster yeah that has so many elite guys on it like they do yeah especially in the league with a hard cap so yeah we'll see if Kirk Cousins can do it <laughs> I don't think this is an all-in year for the 49ers, but I do think it is a... It would be hard at the end of the season if they're not lifting the Lombardi trophy to say it was a successful year. Yeah. That's what I believe. Yeah, I just... I don't know if I can do the thing where, like, they go to the Super Bowl and, like, say they go to the Super Bowl and they lose to Buffalo and Josh Allen runs for two touchdowns and has, like, 400 total yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, obviously, you, the goal is to go win a Super Bowl, and and not achieving your goal, but I guess by definition, is a failure. But like, I would have a hard time being like, "All right, time to clean house." But here's but here's, and again, I'm not I'm not saying I was I was not advocating that it's going to be time to clean house. But I promise you, I promise you, that's going to start being a thing among fans media personalities, things of that nature. Sure. Like that's absolutely going to say. And to your point, like getting to the Super Bowl and losing could come down to the balance of a ball. So that's, that's whatever. But if that happens where they're a really good defense all year and the offense does enough and then they get to the Super Bowl and the awesome quarterback just dominates the game, it's going to go back to, they're never going to be able to beat one of those guys. Without one of those guys. Yeah. That's fair. So, anyways. We'll see. I'm ready. I'm I'm getting to the point and I'm I'm kinda glad that there's gonna be a little break again before training camp so we can talk about positional stuff. But I am getting to a point where I'm just like ready to to have the season be here so we can talk about actual football things instead of trying to speculate. That's always you always hit a what like the dog days of the off season. Definitely we're there, baby. Yeah, we're there. We're there, and they're get they're going on their their break after after Jake Moody lit it up at at minicamp today. Um, much deserved <laughs> celebratory vacation upcoming. But um, no, I just ready for like actual football. That's that's the best part of all this. The off season's always kind of long, but it's even longer when you're podcasting twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyways, we'll have some. I still uh... like I still like talking about football with you, whether it's speculative or not. So, oh, thanks, buddy. I feel the same way. Um, probably gonna have another announcement, a minor announcement to make next week. Oh. Um, which will be exciting. News exciting for us. Um, no, can't wait. Can't wait yeah. to find out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be good. I think you know what it is. Um, and yeah, that's all. That's all I really got. Oh, I do. I do know. I do know. I'm yeah. sorry. That just. Yeah, you, you know what it is. It's not. <laughs> I do. Okay. Good tease. Good tease by you. I haven't been keeping that from you. <laughs> I'd be wild if you did. Yeah. Okay. Surprise. No. Um, I have nothing else to say. Me neither. We'll have some fun stuff coming up for you next week, and then we'll dive into our positional previews heading into training camp. So stay locked into your feeds through the entire offseason 
Because it's no breaks. All gas, no breaks from your boys. Shout out to Bob Sala. Love Bob Sala. And your all-time Robert Sala, too. But go find it on the internet if you don't know what I'm talking about. That's going to remain an inside joke. So we're going to have content for you all off season. It's going to be a ton of fun. So stay locked in. Get you ready for the 2023 season. Should be a fun one. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. If you've done that and you have friends who are Niner fans who don't listen to the pod, please encourage them to do the same as you and subscribe, rate, review. It helps us out a lot and allows us to continue doing some cool stuff with the pod moving forward. So thanks, everybody, who listens, and we will talk to you next time. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.